electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are weak for a second day, coming off the biggest drop for the S&P in about a month. Earnings picture starts to fill in today with IBM, United, P&G, J&J. We've got an Apple event and, of course, Netflix tonight. Our roadmap, though, is going to begin with the earnings. IBM is going to open at a 14-month high. Several companies boosting guidance and several boosting prices. Plus, we have a railroad bidding war. Canadian National offers more than $30 billion to buy Kansas City Southern. It's topping by a lot last month's bid from Canadian Pacific and KSU shares, as you might expect surging ahead of the open. And tobacco stocks under pressure as the Biden administration reportedly considers new nicotine regulations. Carl. All right, guys, uh, we got a lot to unpack today, Jim. Uh, I mentioned all the earnings that are starting to come in. What's what's the tell today? What's indicative of the broader trend? Well, I just think that people are uh, basically saying, look, it's exactly what we said with these companies that are not cyclical. They do the numbers and we yawn. We just don't care. Uh, they don't blow them out. Some of their margins aren't that great. Maybe that's because of some inflation that they can't can't pass on. On the other hand, we have a company like IBM, uh, a lot of self-help there, splitting up, uh, doing the number, maybe even doing the number better than people think. Uh, I felt there was a lot of good surprises. Is it a brand new IBM? No, but it is an IBM, David, that people are pretty excited about versus where they were two quarters ago. What people? What people? What people are excited about it. What people? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What people? All right. Okay. Tony Saganegui. You right? got to get out a big file there to tell me what people? No, I, I like to wing everything. And it, it's unimportant. Homework is very unimportant to me. No, I just thought that when Tony Saganegui <laughs> says, look, look, when Tony, Tony's a skeptic. Yes, okay? he is. He's yes, a skeptic. He okay. And he's talking about uh, a number that I thought was rather surprising. He's saying he thought that their cloud and data platform, X Red Hat, mm-hmm. could grow at 8%. Christian says he was looking for 1% to 2%. Okay. I find that, that that's not incremental, David. Right. That's, that's significant. That's yeah. new. Uh, total cloud revenue for, that quor- for the quarter, $6.5 billion. That was up 21%, up 18% when you adjust for divested businesses and currency, Jim. And Red Hat specifically was up 17%. Which is fine. That's what we were kind of hoping for. We wanted right. to continue the momentum of Whitehurst. He's right. continuing. Obviously, some, some of this stuff that has not done that well is doing a little bit better. $400 million going, doing better going to, um, uh, to Martin Schroeder. Mm-hmm. At new, well, they've got at a new name. What right will be? What, that's when is that going to actually be completed? It's, it's still a while end of away. The year, yeah, end of the year. Um, but I, you sound as though you're a little bit more constructive. constructive. I'm constructive on IBM than I feel like you've been in the past. Yes, because I do feel that the hybrid cloud has a place, mm-hmm. and I also feel that that uh, Arvind, that Mr. Christian, is basically saying, you know what. We're only going to grow. We're only going to be in fast growth business, but we're still going to pay a good dividend combined. 
and we're still we're going to generate an amount of cash flow. And, David, this is what's key because you do a lot of M&A work. Maybe it's kind of a hobby for you. They're going to be that's buying good. a lot of companies is what I'm thinking with that extra cash flow. Right. And that's going to make them into a faster company. Now, I like them versus all the other companies like the Proctors. David, Proctor's a little ho-hum. I liked certain businesses in Proctor, but I was not blown away by Proctor, David. I just wasn't. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you tell me you weren't blown away, I believe well, it. No, will you give me some pushback or something? Well, I will in a minute, but I want to... Give me some faux tension. I, <laughs> I wanted to bring Carl back in. Uh, I'm sure you know, I know you've seen the numbers as well, Carl. What, third quarter net sales, 18.1 billion. Haven't seen how the stock is potentially going to react this morning, Carl. Yeah, uh, of course, the commentary about um, shipping headwinds and commodity cost headwinds, guys, is a big story. We're starting to build a list uh, now of companies that have announced uh, price increases in recent days. Jim Coke, obviously Kimberly Clark, uh, Proctor, Shake Shack, McKesson, Owens Corning, Mohawk. Uh, It's no longer uh, an anecdotal story. No, and uh, can pricing freight is just awful. I mean, one of the reasons why I think if I were, say, Canadian national, I would actually try to buy KSU because freight is the greatest business in the world right now. And I am so glad that we have the CEO of CanNat, as I call yes, it. Yes, we do. Although by the time this deal gets approved, if it were to get approved, the world's going to be a very different place conceivably. Jim. Well, look, James, You're talking years. I mean, they can put it in trust. You can get paid as a shareholder, but years before you can Well, I mean, look, NVIDIA, ARM. That ain't doing anything. No, no. We talked about it. Uh, I'm giving it ten percent. Hours ago, ten percent. City says is the chance that Nvidia yeah, down succeeds from twenty five in its uh, acquisition what is of like? after the UK comes out more or less in opposition. Let me come back to P and G though quickly. We did okay, see sure. the stock looking down. You didn't see as we take a look at the bidding war there. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, I like Procter, but I just you, again, all right. Organic sales up four percent. Not enough to sort of no, and, and not every division was as good as I'd like. You know, last time they sh- that was they shot out the lights of every single one. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on whether Baby is not as good for everybody. What does that mean? Well, you know, Baby. That's a category. Category. Baby is not as good for every. Meaning. Maybe people didn't have as many kids as we thought. I think birth rates are down. Birth Haven't rates they been are down, down during the, in the last Carl, year. We have to start following demographics. The birth rates are down. So the numbers for baby and family, you know, minus 1%. David, yeah. I don't know. No, yeah. no they, they call it uh, the past year. They call it the baby bust. The baby bust. Uh, the opposite bust. of a boom. Uh, yeah. And by the way, baby care is uh, one of the areas in which they will uh, be hiking prices along with feminine care. And I think adult incontinence was... Uh, the other one, guys. Um, I do want to bring your attention, our viewers' attention to Boeing, though, Jim. Uh, CFO uh, Greg, Greg Smith is going to retire July 9. Uh, they are extending the uh, mandatory retirement age uh, for Calhoun. It sort of ties in with what United said, and we'll hear from what uh, Scott Kirby said a mo- in, a, in a moment. But they did see that the max will be back in service uh, by the end of the month on that electrical issue. Greg Smith is leaving at, at as good a time as you can get last year around now. David remembers this. There was a bond deal that he was running that was really yes. make or break for the company. It sure probably. was. 25 bill. But uh, Greg Smith known. I'm sure, I wish Phil were here right now. Greg Smith known as a straight shooter. Remember, he had that interim where he was the interregnum. Yes. He was the CEO. Yes. And I think that, uh, well, let's just put it this way. He's going to retire from Boeing. There's a lot of at 55. There are many more things he can do. Uh, is that all he is? Yeah, he's 55. Wow. Oh, well. Okay, just, just, it's, 
That's just, only just painful that, to hear that. It's people when younger you, than me are retiring. Dave, um, this show's all about you, and I like that. And I appreciate that as well. Yeah, Carl, yeah. it's great because typically, so far, I mean, like, the baby boom oh, yeah, shot right. me down on the right. baby bus. Listen, the one, the man there. who's basically it's your world and we're just living it is actually saying that to me. Yeah. Well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, all right. If it's my world, then let's talk M&A. Okay, let's do that. Um, Because it is a a very important, large deal that we're talking about here this morning, of course. And uh, we mentioned it at the top, and Jim mentioned it as well. But uh, it's 200 bucks in cash and 1.059 shares of Canadian National. That is what is being now offered uh, in a uh, um, offer that was unveiled this morning. Uh, The letter attached as well to the press release. We'll go over here some of the basics, right? So 21% premium over the Canadian Pacific deal that, of course, KSU is already in contract to sell itself to them. Uh, They're going to use that same voting trust arrangement. Remember, that's outlined. Although, frankly, they came out a couple of weeks ago and opposed the use of it. uh, But they are saying that they will go that route. That way, of course, shareholders can actually get their money, and then the risk is really taken on by the rail if it were to be uh, denied. Uh, annual uh, EBITDA synergies seen as much as a billion. That's mostly from revenues. Um, $19.3 billion of new debt. Uh, KC, uh, KCS shareholders own 12% of the combined company. They will add four directors. They'll keep the uh, headquarters for the U.S. in Kansas City. And listen, they saw the opportunity there, we all know. But, Carl, one of the key questions, of course, and we're going to have an opportunity to get into this, is um, why now? And is it a preferable outcome for them, regardless of whether they win it, as long as KSU does not actually go to Canadian Pacific? Um, More on that, though, coming up. Yeah, actually, right after the break, David, as you well know, we'll talk to the CEO of uh, Canadian National. We'll get to uh, what Apple might say today, uh, highlight Netflix tonight. Uh, Got some interesting calls, including a downgrade of Nike with Futures Red back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Southern, you can see it right there. They are surging ahead of the open. This is Canadian National makes an offer of more than $33 billion. That includes debt for the U.S. railroad operator. It is uh, far above last month's uh, deal from rival Canadian Pacific to acquire KSU. Joining us now first on CNBC is Canadian National CEO Jean-Jacques Rouet. Uh, uh, nice to have you with us, uh, JJ. And uh, let me just start with regulatory because, of course, it is going to prove to be a key here as it is for Canadian Pacific's hopes as well. What gives you the confidence that you can get the approval from regulators for a deal in which, frankly, you are a larger company than is Canadian Pacific uh, and may have more overlaps as well uh, than they do with KSU? Well, good morning, David, and thank you for having me this morning at CNBC to really talk about uh, what we feel is a fantastic news for the CN shareholders, but also with KSU. We're reaching out to Kansas City, their shareholders, their board, their, their, their employee, to really create a very solid continental railroad, a premium 21st century railroad. And by doing that, we can create the value that we are offering on the solid offer that we have this morning. On the regulatory front, this is not the first time that we buy a property uh, in, in North America since we did the IPO 25 years ago. We did 18 acquisitions of different size, a couple of them in the United States, namely the Illinois Central, 
which at that time we had put into our voting trust, uh, which run between Chicago and New Orleans. We also bought Wisconsin Central, Great Lakes Transportation, and more recently, DEG&E. So we understand the process. We understand what's required. And we believe we can make this transaction work for the KCS shareholders, for the CN shareholders, as well as all the, reg the stakeholders that the regulators have to be assured are being uh, looked after. Yeah, but uh, Jean-Jacques, it was only a couple of weeks ago, April 1st, uh, to be specific, that you came out uh, with an objection to the granting of a waiver to KSU that will allow, for example, the same structure that you are now pursuing in terms of their ability to close into trust. I mean, you objected to them being able to do it. Why should you be able to do it? No, the, uh, the, the, the filing at that time was not about the trust. It was about the new rule or the old rule. Uh, the STB will decide if uh, they decide the old rule or the new rule. Uh, in both cases, our offer and the offer of the other contender are based on having a, a vote, putting a company in a voting trust and then uh, concluding the transaction or paying the shareholders of KCS by year end uh, with a cash uh, comp, you know, a cash component, in our case, $200 instead of 90 as well as in the case of CN, the, uh, the, the remaining amount in shares. So the filing at that time was about so-called old rule and new rule, not about the voting trust itself. All right, but uh, all right, explain to me, though, why, because as opposed to a number of the other large rails that were kind of neutral, you chose to object here. You know, I'm just trying to understand your timing. I'm trying to really understand this idea that, frankly, uh, you're as interested in making sure Canadian Pacific doesn't own this asset as you are actually owning it yourself. So in the case of this, the, the offer we just made this morning, it's really about what we can create in terms of value. Uh, the economy in North America is increasingly uh, you know, built by the service, service sectors, uh, people uh, who are, you know, have good jobs, good paying jobs, with good disposable income. 70% of GDP is related to the kind of freight generated people consume, as opposed to people who manufacture. Manufacturing is still part of the story as well, but it's about building an internal network between the three countries. Right. And uh, we believe that uh, we will get the regulatory approval to create that, which is frankly is very much lacking. There's really not a very solid USMCA uh, supply chain in place to really connect these three countries together. Yeah. Well, all right. Specific to that, then, when people tell me, all right, you know, you have certain track agreements into the Gulf of Mexico, for example. Uh, and, you know, given KSU also goes down there, you could have a chokehead on the sort of energy uh, production of energy in the Gulf, ExxonMobil, for example, an important customer. So, is there a willingness, sorry, let me just finish, is there a willingness yeah. on your part to, to divest any of these track agreements, or how do you respond to those who say, hey, this could be an issue? The, the so-called issue is related to only about uh, 70 miles of overlap between the CNN and the KCS network. It's a segment of track that runs between Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and New Orleans. And uh, there's, there's five customers and eight plants uh, on those uh, Two for one, and we can we can resolve that commercially or other ways, and we fully intend to do that. We we want to make sure that this will not be uh, this will be dealt properly and not be an issue. You go back to you know the question of petrochemical. This is a growth story, right? It's a story about growing business together. So definitely, anything that's uh, is is possible in terms of growth, we will want enable as opposed to make it difficult. And this is a pro-competitive merger. It's a growth story. It's about creating new business. It's about converting freight, which is on the highway, to put it on the rail. And it's also to enable customers to do more trade and connect to more customers. It's not about removing any competition. Uh, contrary to that, it's really about creating new options for the people who use the North American rail network. Uh, uh, Jim Kramer, I've got in my hand right now a, 
Very interesting interview when Canadian Nat was in front of J.P. Morgan, March 16th. No interest at all. I mean, just happy with what your network is. Uh, very wide network, obviously, even to American ports. But I don't understand why on this day you were incredibly, well, this was your CFO. It couldn't have been more happy with the operation. And now suddenly you're spending a fortune to be able to make it so you're a completely different operation. So call me confused. So definitely CN is a successful company. Uh, we've been privatized. We were privatized 25 years ago. At that time, the market cap, when we got privatized, when DDIP was about $2 billion Canadian. We're north to $100 billion Canadian now. We did many acquisitions, a lot of organic growth, mostly east-west, but also some north-south. But what the opportunity today here is very significant. Uh, the board of KCS has decided it's time for them to crystallize the value for their shareholders and, and to sell a company. So the opportunity at hand is an opportunity, you know, that uh, comes once every, maybe not even every decade. And CN always from the beginning was very focused on whether or not we could create a very single line that railroad from north to south. So with the KCS board having decided it's time for them to you know, bring value, customize the value for their shareholders, we want to be in. We think we have the solution to be able to do that and really can combine uh, these two networks in a way that nobody else can and therefore crystallize value in a way that uh, really is a compelling uh, offer to the KCS board, the KCS shareholders but also to all of the users of the North American rail industry. Well, good. Can you tell me what's different about your network from, uh, from, Can from Canadian Pacific that would make it so it's better for the customers? So we reach to all, we, we reach to all parts of Canada. We actually, we have uh, more track mile, we have uh, more employee, we have more destination. Our network is also quite significant in the United States. We have uh, 6,700 employees in the United States. Uh, a, a good portion of our shareholders are U.S.-based. A good portion of our revenue, about 40%, is also U.S.-based as well, U.S. funds. So we're already in a, in a, in a bigger way in the United States, especially in the Midwest, in Michigan. Uh, when you go to Michigan, we, we connect a number of assembly plants uh, that would uh, obviously, over time, do even get more parts. And, uh, you know, under the new USMC agreement, that uh, will require a higher U.S. component, North American component of steel, a higher North American component of aluminum, same thing with parts. So the trade between this continent is actually going to be leveraged by the fact that we have, we reach more destination and therefore we can offer more single line service uh, to a, a larger number of uh, customers and users. Right. JJ, to, to go back to Jim's question, though, in terms of just timing, I mean, it wasn't a huge secret that, that this company might be in play some time ago. I mean, to give credit, the Wall Street Journal broke a story a long time ago that uh, I think it was Blackstone and, uh, and another large infrastructure private equity firm we're considering a bid. You never uh, came at the company? You never tried to initiate some sort of a conversation prior to sending this letter this morning in order to, to try and buy uh, KSU? So, you know, over the years, we, you know, we work with all the railroad. We discuss, uh, you know, we have, we interchange with all railroad. We've, we've been a student of uh, all railroad, including the KCS, and their network in Mexico. Uh, your portion today is really, as I said earlier, the board of KCS has decided that they are going to crystallize the value of the company and sell it and sell it to a, uh, a strategic buy, a buyer, another railroad. And in that vein, CN, we believe we definitely have the best value to offer. Uh, you know, we're, we have the be better bid, you know, yep. we have the better railroad and better partners. 
to crystallize even more value at a time where they've decided that uh, they want to combine with another railroad. Right. Well, nobody's going to argue with the economics. I mean, my, you know, you're offering a great a lot right. more overall and a lot more cash. Um, I think the, you know, the question will continue to be regulatory. Uh, have you had any conversations? I know you just sent the letter. What are your expectations here in terms of how this process is going to go from your perspective? So I had a brief phone call this morning with the CEO of KCS, uh, making, you know, making sure that he, he had in hand an offer. And I, I reached out to, to, to KCS, to Patrick, on behalf of all of CN Railroaders, uh, to reach out in a positive manner. We want to partner with their team. We admire the, what they put together in the last two decades in terms of the network and uh, the, the commercial strength and the operational strength that they have. And uh, just making the appeal for their board to really consider what we have to really create a transcontinental, uh, continental railroad, premier right. railroad focus, a railroad focus on the future. And finally, just to come back to this objection, because I do want to understand it, and it may have been difficult to do so in the, in the rapid moments prior to our interview. Um, if they apply, if they don't grant the waiver any longer to, to KSU, you still move forward with your, with your deal? In that case, we would have to make another offer, obviously, uh, for you talking the waiver on the, the voting trust. Yes. The offer that we have include uh, a voting trust that would have to be approved by the STB. If the STB approved the waiver and KCS shareholders approve the transaction that we offer, at that time is when the KCS shareholders get the $200 in cash, and this is when they, they also get the CN shares. From that point after, the company is in trust, uh, and then CN continues the process to get it approved by the STB. So the offer today is based on that. If uh, the STB has, uh, says otherwise, then we will have to revisit how we make this offer. Understood. Uh, and we'll be following it closely. Obviously, it's an, uh, important. Don't typically see overbids of this size for such an important industry. Uh, JJ, certainly appreciate your taking time with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the chance. Thank you, and hope to we can speak again. Thank you, Jim. to it. Bye-bye. Uh, speaking of important industries, uh, we'll keep an eye on the transports as futures do remain a bit soft on this Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. 50 seconds is enough to squeeze in a mad dash before we get the open. Abbott Labs. David, had this been on sale, I believe they would have blown away the quarter. This is the 20, This is the at-home test, the equivalent of the pregnancy test. Two for 24. Uh, buy next now. Uh, you take it, you know, you look at it in the morning, 15 minutes later, you know whether you have COVID. Since 65,000 people are still getting it, wouldn't you like this before you went to work? So this is, uh, it's an antigen test. And, David, you'll see Abbott down very big. Uh, they just got the approval. I think they would have had a blowout with it. I think it's Did really. Just, two for 24 bucks? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Get, you know, get a bunch of them. And we can feel fairly confident in the result? I, the number, the, it's, a, it's, 
You know, you've got always got a problem with false, with false positives. Right. If you get a positive, you want to get another exactly. test. Exactly. But this is, I think, going to be the gold standard. And it didn't shift. They didn't get approval till now. So it would have made last quarter fantastic. So don't give up the ship, those who are blowing out of it. And we'll take this maybe during the break and see how we're doing. <laughs> okay, Carl. <laughs> Yeah, we, I want to see the results, guys. Uh, let's uh, get the opening bell here and the S&P at the bottom of your screen. Um, Jim, that's important because uh, we have 85 million Americans now fully vaccinated as of uh, yesterday. 90 days ago, uh, it was less than half a million. So we're making huge progress. But even with all of that, even with uh, the jabs going on all around the world, we just hit a record high for rolling weekly Case numbers. Yes. Tokyo is talking about a new state of emergency. It's just an amazing uh, clash with the picture we're seeing in the U.S. Look, the key thing is staying home, knowing you have it when you're asymptomatic, which is why you would use this at-home test, and stop spreading it. And I had Dr. Min on last week from the Harvard School of Public Health. It's about spreading. It's about not realizing you have it and spreading it. So these at-home tests... I think we'll save a lot of lives. And I think that if you are, look, we get tested here every Wednesday. We need more testing. And it's not a measure of if your head has temperature, which is really kind of. But if you are fully vaccinated, Jim, the chances that you're going to get it are extraordinarily low. No, very true. And I'm just being. And go to the hospital even lower. Something like if I did the math right yesterday, one in 210,000. And that's after exposure. No, but I, I think there's so many people who don't have. I mean, Carl gave an incredible number of how we're doing. But I, J&J, I think that was a big setback when the CDC basically you know, made you feel like if I take that, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Six adverse events. But I just think it's 6.8 it's, million. Yes. But we have to get the case count down. The way you get the case count down is to find out whether you're asymptomatic and then don't go to the office. And that because that's who's infecting people are the asymptomatics. That's right. why we no need understood. as many at-home tests as possible. if everybody in the office is already fully vaccinated, well, then they're not going to get sick anyway. You're in an area where people take it very seriously. I have been in areas where social distancing means you don't hug as closely as you used to. Right. Uh, okay. And okay. just I'm trying to understand what, well, is, what is possible Carl, when you are Carl, fully vaccinated. No, no, take, your take, approach and my approach may be different. Take that out of the equation. I, Carl... There are tons of people who have not been tested in various parts of the country who go to work every day and they, yes. get, other and sick. And they get other people sick. And they don't have vaccinations yes. and they don't believe in vaccinations, David. Right. Right. They think that vaccinations I, yep, are yep. wrong. A- Axios, Axios has a poll out this morning, guys. Uh, 8% of those polled say they don't know anyone who's been vaccinated, Eight. which is, I don't know, I guess That's depending incredible. on where you live, uh, is still kind of amazing. By the way, Jim, um, Detroit Free Press has a piece out today about Ram truck production uh, in Michigan at Sterling Heights. Closed not because of the chip shortage, but because 600 workers are either sick or quarantined. See, look, this is about, I mean, I, I've had this happen in a number of places that we're, they're just closed, uh, companies closed. But uh, when you look at what's happening in Michigan, yeah. Uh, the governor there has said, listen, says, we have to have the Regeneron. We have to have the Regeneron. The CDC and the NIH, Carl, have been so bad on this Regeneron cocktail. It's in warehouses. It has not been something. This was the one, by the way, that the president, former president Trump took to Regeneron and made it sound like it was buffering or something. It's not. Talk it's a drip, Carl. But they need it so badly in Michigan. And the NIH 
and CDC seem hell-bent on making it difficult to get this. Now, you should be able, doctors can't get it. Uh, you should check with your doctor. He may not or she not even be able to get this for you. Well, that's only if you're very sick in the first place, right? It's well, not for you think those people are very sick? No, I'm just saying it's not for... Well, but if you have a family member, right. you can take it. Um, Jim, the conversation I'm having is not, about, is not about people coming to the office sick. It's about when is everybody going to start coming back who's been fully vaccinated? Because that's, that's dominating at least the conversations I've had with people who run large organizations. It very much is. There's when am I bringing them back? When am I saying, you know what, this is where you work and I expect you here? Or can I not do that? Uh, because David, it is you, starting, you, you know, it's it's you it's, and I have spoken to CEOs. You yes. know what the word is. Yes. There are people who just say, you know what? I can't go back. I know I have comorbidities. These are people, and, Carl, who never knew what a comorbidity and was. Fully vaccinated, and, and so, now they have a comorbidity <laughs> and they are developing a Zoom office and they're, at the Hamptons. They're going to have the time of their lives and claim they're working harder than anybody. Well, they may be working fairly hard, but at some, oh, point, at some point there is going to be a day of reckoning there, so to speak, because I think oh, well, maybe it's September where, Carl, you say, you know, your view of our culture and my view, he's throwing things at me, it's my a, view a of Zoom our recommendation. culture. No, it, uh, are two, actually, are two different things, and maybe you don't, you know, maybe yeah. you don't fit in our culture. Well, yeah. as someone who had perfect a, it, uh, Mary Barra's got a, yeah, yeah. Mary Barra's got a great uh, LinkedIn piece up right now. Uh, GM's new approach, she says, is called work appropriately. Uh, kind of goes along with their dress code, which they call dress appropriately. And she says it fits the notion that our employees are capable of making smart decisions without overly prescriptive guidance. But David, I don't know how long. I, I don't know. If that's sustainable long term, I don't know either. Listen, I, you know, thing, it will, things are going to change, I think, in the next couple of months. Oh, There's a plan they to ever? bring a lot of people back to the office, certainly from the financial firms that we know the best here in this, in this area of the country. I know JP Morgan's got 25 to 50 bankers on planes now every day. Oh, yeah. And you that's know, that's a change. From, it, it, you know, a month it, ago, that was more or less zero. Uh, things are starting to happen as you have 86 million people vaccinated. Right. Well, don't you think, David, at a certain point, if you're a young person at one of these firms, it's a career limiting move to say, you know what, I'm working from home. I don't understand why you wouldn't have been there every day to begin with. That's right. This would have been the greatest opportunity for you in your career. You would have had access and exposure to the top levels. I said David Salmo is coming in every day. Jamie Dimon's been in most days. I mean, you could just say, hey, how you doing, guys? I'm the guy here. Right. I'm the 24-year-old associate. <laughs> I, hey. They'd know you by your name. I think, I think Carl, we got to check the clubs at the Hamptons. We have to send somebody out on a Wednesday. And we just see if they're on the beach, baby. They're at the club. They're They're having the lobster roll. Oh, they're. They are. They're They're having the lobster roll, David. Fine. All right. They're having cocktail parties. They're using all sorts of new gins. What? That's what people do. They you may gin well, you may well be right, Jim. Gin. Oh, yep. I know that. Guys, I do want to. B- before yeah. we run out of time, yeah. uh, Jim, I, I I just want to get you on Apple. Uh, an event later on today. Spring forward, of course. The invite went out. I think last week. Uh, whispers about iPads, iMacs, and AirTags, which ostensibly we read uh, would allow you to track devices that you don't want to lose your place of. Like, like, like my watch does that. Now, look, I think this is really important, Carl. We are now at the point where wearables actually matter. And uh, wearables were asterisks, and now I think wearables are a category that if you don't pay attention to, like people didn't pay attention to service revenue initially, you're going to miss most of that move. There are people who come on our air, Carl, even as recently as two weeks ago, and said there was no reason for Apple to go up. None. They told you to just trade it. Well, look at that. This is all in anticipation of 
and Apple where you have to have a whole new product line that you've got to figure out. It's not just handsets. It's not just service revenue. It is wearables, and wearables matter, and I think the health issue of wearables is incredible. David, I don't know about you, yeah, but I still want all of my data in my watch and not at Epic and not with Cerner. I get it. And that's why and Microsoft, meanwhile, bought Nuance, and they, Nuance. Have the, they have the deal with Epic and Cerner. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, that, I think Apple should come in. Because you believe they're, they're de- in they terms of privacy, is that what the defining issue is? I'm trying to understand. Well, though. Epic is not going to give you the data. Right. Epic is the biggest. It's private. And uh, next is Cerner. And if you made a deal with them, if you came in and you overbid for Saudi Nadella and you get that, you might be able to load up everything in your watch. So if something, heaven forbid, happens to you, yep. all that someone do is press a button. They have all your records in your watch. You're skiing. I don't know. You're in a car accident. Some horrible thing. It's all in your watch. Right. So that's great. Yeah. Sounds like a good thing. Could you just um, not say, Jim, yeah. that does make a lot of sense. Maybe they should do it. Could you just humor me? Jim, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe they should do that. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, all right. Kansas City uh, Southern is up 15%, guys. You know, Jim and I, we were, obviously, we heard from the CEO. Jim, it is interesting. You made the point. A month ago, not even, your CFO was talking about life as an independent company, right. not doing a large deal, not giving any hints. Uh, this was a bit of a surprise, even though in retrospect you might say, well, why should it be a surprise? It's another large Canadian railroad that wants to unite Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. But David, they're big and, in the Gulf. And, they and are there's going to be antitrust issues in the Gulf. Yeah, and I asked that question. Well, and, he doesn't and, know, but there is. Right. There's going to be big antitrust issues. And that's interesting. Uh, but Crude. Um, you know, listen, for from the perspective of uh, Canadian National, if they win this and obviously they have a far higher bid economically, oh, far point, there's company. no way there's no way the board can say this is not a superior proposal. It's certainly superior. They might argue, well, there's more risk to it, but either they get it or they stop uh, Canadian Pacific from getting it, even though they don't get it. The only outcome that's bad for them, obviously, if is somehow Canadian Pacific figures out a way to come up enough to get the board still on their side because mm-hmm. they'll say, you know, there's a difference in regulatory review there. We'll keep watching that uh, those shares. United Airlines, guys, we didn't mention, uh, no. I don't think, during the show. It is, uh, it is down about 3-plus percent, Jim. I don't know what your thoughts were about the quarter, um, which was reported late yesterday. Well, Ed Bastian had a better quarter. And Delta Gary, had a better Kelly, quarter. Gary yeah. Kelly's going to have a great quarter when we talk to him on Southwest Air right. later this week, Carl. He's going to have a fantastic quarter. He's going to talk about expansion, why he needs the new planes. He is really coming on strong. I think he's used the pandemic better than anyone in the airline industry other than Greg Smith, who look at that stock with the departure of Greg Smith at Boeing. Yeah. Yeah. That it's stock. Down. There's a CFO who had created tremendous value. Right. But as you we were kidding about his age. He's obviously looking for his next opportunity. When Mr. Calhoun is extended in the way he is, it's clear that that is not going to happen. Well, people don't know in corporate America who are watching and don't understand corporate America. At that age, you're done. You either leave or you're done. Right. Well, he's he's got enough runway ahead of him. No pun. uh, Thank you. To uh, to land another job as a CEO. But if you hang in there a couple more years, it's going to be Carl, a soft landing, not a crash You get into landing. your late fifties, and you're kind of, you know, it you're gets stuck. tougher. You're done. It gets tougher. You're never moving. And it was time for Greg. Yeah. And he, remember, he was um, the CEO for what? Uh, yeah. Nano twenty section. minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes. minutes. IBM. Uh, Jim was right though, Carl. People like the uh, people like that IBM up almost four percent this morning. There you go. So, yeah. Carl, the IBM number yeah, I, I, is the beginning. It's the beginning of a new IBM, and we should recognize that. 
Yeah, I saw Credit Suisse went to 165 today. And by the way, guys, on, on the rail story, uh, new all-time highs for KSU, CSX, and Norfolk. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Good morning, Carl. Uh, and uh, general risk off again today, second day in a row. But remember, we're up almost 5% for the month of April. So take a look at the sectors. Uh, tech, mega cap tech is sort of split evenly. Uh, they're holding up fine. Banks, banks have been flattish uh, ever since the earnings season started. And that is not unusual at all. That's fairly typical. Energy's flatlined for two months now. It's not been going anywhere. Uh, industrials have had a great run up until uh, this week. Uh, consumer staples also have been doing a little bit better up until uh, this week. We Two things that matter now. We're in the heart of guidance season. We're interested in costs and we're interested in guidance. Guidance matters because the prices have moved up rather significantly and we need positive guidance to move the analysts along to keep increasing the earnings estimates. You know how this game is played. So we've had a number of companies raise guidance in the last few days. Dover, big global industrial company, Lockheed Martin, United Healthcare. Philip Morris, uh, Morris and Harley Davidson all raised guidance here. The important thing is uh, Johnson and Johnson came out this morning. They narrowed their guidance. Uh, but business conditions is what we want to hear about. And generally, we are getting the positive commentary we had anticipated. A lot of comments out there. The CEO of Dover cited improving demand conditions. That's the magic word. That's the pixie dust we all want to hear. We need to hear about notably improving conditions in general. Uh, I, I think Scott Kirby at United had the quote of the day, leisure demand at more than 100 percent. That's a great, great quote. Uh, he was on this morning with us. Lockheed Martin talked about new and better normal out there. The uh, AutoNation CEO had had great comments. So generally, we're getting the positive uh, spin, the positive uh, body language that we were anticipating from uh, the CEOs. I have not heard a single CEO come out and said, we're not giving guidance because we don't have any certainty. That's very good news. Nobody wants to hear that. And so far, nobody has been hearing it. The other issue, of course, is the higher cost. If you want to look at, uh, say, Procter & Gamble, here's a very good example. These consumer product companies. Uh, so they had higher freight costs there in their third quarter, but they've had fire, higher freight costs of $200 million. They've had higher commodity costs of $125 million. And yet, they're maintaining their EPS growth forecast. Uh, in some cases, they're hiking prices for baby care and feminine care products. Uh, they already did uh, to offset the higher commodity costs. In other cases, maybe they're just eating it. The bottom line is they're able to do it, and it doesn't seem to be affecting their profit situation. This, of course, is the ideal situation and what you want to really see. My thanks to my colleague, Robert Hum, for doing the research there. We've seen this with Coke, too, uh, Kimberly Clark as well. Uh, so far, the good news is... Higher costs do not seem to be dramatically impacting margins, and that's what we care about. But again, it's very, very early in this earnings season. And of course, Carl, will be on top of all of that. Back to you. All right, Bob. We'll see you in a little bit, uh, Bob Pisani. Let's get to Rick Santelli this morning as well. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Well, it's so far, it's not a big day to week. That'll be coming midweek, but it's a big movement week nonetheless, and important technical levels. Look at a three-day of tens. What you want to pay particularly close attention to, of course, is how it broke out uh, above 160. Now uh, it's back below, trying to get back above 160. If you open the chart up only to February and March, what a run treasuries had. They really zoomed. But when you add in the current month, you can see we're more in a consolidation mode. 
Now, granted, the retracements haven't been large. The lowest intraday trade that we've had since we had the high settlement at 174 has been 152. So we really want to watch this pivotal area of 160, 161 on a closing basis. Yesterday, as in baseball, tie went to the runner, so it settled right on top of that level. When it comes to boon yields, there's no debating. Open this chart up to March 1st, and you can clearly see that boon yields have moved higher. We now have the highest yield closed post-COVID, right at minus 23, or at least that looks like where it's going to close. Intraday, it made it to minus 21, which is the second highest, least negative intraday trade since minus 20 back on February 26. So there are uh, pressures starting to build in Europe, and the differential to the spread between our rates and European rates continues to shrink, and that's very important when you ultimately consider all the competition for capital we're going to have issuing all this global debt. Now, when it comes to the euro currency, this one's unreal. Look at a month to date. Now, this is a month to date of the euro currency, up 2.7%. You know what that means for the dollar index. It's basically the mirror image of that. And finally, when it comes to housing, look no further than lumber. Yesterday, uh, the lead contract, which happens to be May, settled over $1,300 for 110,000 board feet, which is the size of that contract. Never before has it been at these lofty levels. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. Wow. Uh, incredible. Rick, thanks. Uh, Rick Santelli. Still to come this morning, we're going to talk the business of cannabis with Afria CEO Erwin Simon. Of course, uh, busy week for cannabis. The House passes the Safe Banking Act. Uh, Denver City Council approves some delivery. And of course, it is 420. Overall, though, uh, defensive tone to the markets. Uh, retail, energy, travel are lagging. Dow's back below 34K. Netflix, of course, reports tonight. Uh, interesting gonna, uh, setup, Jim, because the general uh, consensus is that expectations are a bit muted. They've had uh, the behind the eight ball, some argue, on Slate relative to Disney and HBO Max. And Morgan Stanley says they have a historical tendency to miss the Q2 uh, guide. Well, I mean, we had in the paper today talked about spending a lot of money on content, but I, I, it's a long time since I remember uh, Netflix selling it 30 times two years out. That's not so bad. No, I mean, tremendous doesn't. growth. They can raise price if they want to. 200 million people and sells it 30 times. I mean, that's kind of what the, a consumer product company sells at. So, David, I'm not as concerned as others. Well, the stock has uh, only been up 3% so far this year. Kind of been in a holding pattern for a lot longer yes. than that. Which is why, given those, if those estimates continue to stay and or move higher, the multiple is contracting. It's become, uh, Carl, the questionable fang now that Google's taken off. I mean, Google's been every day. Today was KeyBank, people said. I'm calling it back to Google in the old days. But, Carl, it is interesting to see that the weak performer of fang is not another one who's going to report tonight. Yeah. And, Carl, interesting comments yeah. that I know you highlighted on Twitter from Lachlan Murdoch, again, involving the window for, uh, for movies. And the fact, right, that we're, we're never going back to the way things were. Never going back? <laughs> he says it's here to stay, is what Lachlan said. Uh, there's also some commentary that if you, we get some guidance on the password sharing crackdown, uh, that that could be a positive catalyst. At least that's what Morgan Stanley's uh, morning note says today. I hear music. Uh, we'll take a break. We're back in a moment. Time for Stop Trading with Jim. Uh, Fisker, unbelievable. Back. 
Uh, this is Bank of America. Merrill says that maybe you ought to take a hard look at Fisker. It's standing out. Now, we haven't talked in SPACs lately, Carl, and that's in part because so much money's been lost. But Fisker's got the ocean, and it's got Bill McDermott on the board. And I think that maybe, just maybe, it's the time to start taking a spec. Of course, Tesla's mentioned. Everyone wants to find the next Tesla. Fisker's not the next Tesla. But it's a good car. I mean, not that I've been in it. I've been in a Lucid. That's an amazing car. But anyway, Fisker might be back. Stock's down a lot. So I find it very interesting important. Yeah. Uh, some incredible swings there, Jim. You know, we didn't really get a chance to talk much retail this morning, but I, the things Matthew Boss told you last night about back wow. to school uh, were pretty remarkable, even in the face of this uh, downgrade of Nike over at City today. Yeah, I mean, talk about the child credit. He's saying that the child credit, which is enormous, is going to be the big spur for, this, for uh, Q2, Q3, not the, um, the wage augmentation. So I think it's very important to watch. All of retail is going to benefit. Now, Nike, that piece is a lot about China. Uh, and China, I think people, look, that story's not going away. I mean, what happens if Nike wakes up and just says, you know what, we don't need China anymore because we are in favor of freedom. And, and, and that piece kind of read to me, like, don't yeah. rule that out, Carl. Don't rule it out. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, speaking of mad money, Jim, uh, Marvell tonight. Yes, Marvell's, I think, the best single 5G play in the world. They will talk about chip shortage, which is something we, that has been bedeviled everybody because they do some automotive. Uh, but they are a 5G play, and we forget that's a great secular trend that has been ignored during this whole period where we turned on the chip sector. There we go. Huge story, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got it done again, Jim. We'll see you at 6. Thank you. Uh, mad money, of course, with Jim Cramer, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Barely off the initial lows, uh, Dow's down 100. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.